Hey everyone, welcome back to Dreams and Screams, the podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Ashley and Tammy over here. We're so excited to bring you guys episode seven and we're going to do a little spooky season segment. Yeah, it's spooky season. We want to bring you some different kind of stories. I have a very interesting old-timey story for you today. We haven't done a lot of old-timey yet. Yeah, you know, old-timey stories are not particularly my favorite. I guess it's, like, hard to relate in a sense when you're talking about, like, the 1800s. Yeah, like Civil War. Yeah, it's kind of boring. I'm not a huge, like, history history buff. buff. Yeah. Yeah. But I found this one, which takes place in the 1600s. Whoa. Super interesting. (laughs) Really taking it back. Yeah, I am, like, throwing it back. Are you ready? Yeah, get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so today I'm going to tell you the story of Giulia Tofana, the Italian serial poisoner who became a legend. So Giulia Tofana is possibly the most prolific killer in history that most people have not heard of. In 17th century Italy, women had no real standing in society and really few opportunities to better themselves, their situations, their families. They really only had three options. They could marry and hope that their husband treated them decently. They could remain single and rely on sex work to survive. Mm-hmm. Or they could be widows. Hmm. Real limited options. Yeah. Most women married, if possible, of course, often to abusive husbands or turn to sex work if they just wanted to lead a more independent life. However, if a woman could marry and her husband died, she would become a widow, which was typically respected, and they would be left well off due to the husband's leaving assets or money to take care of them. This way, they could actually take control of their own lives without having to answer to anyone. That third option really was something that a lot in the wealthier class really liked the idea of, especially if they were stuck in bad marriages with violent husbands who couldn't count on the law for help. I will preface this with this is a very old story, so some of the facts around this are a little bit muddy. I've done my best to have the most reliable accounts, but you know, there's some things that are, I guess left up to the imagination yeah or filled in with folklore things yeah of course i mean it's like urban legend almost yeah what can you expect when there was no internet yeah and like who keeps the records anyway julia tafana she was supposedly born in palermo italy in 1620 in 1633 when julia was about 13 years old her mother tofania diamato was arrested for murdering her husband and executed in public her method of execution poison Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. It is rumored that Tofania taught her daughter the poison recipe. Maybe Juliana concocted her own. But by the time that her mother was executed, Julia was putting her poison to use. Some say she even poisoned her own husband, just as her mother had. Damn. So, (laughs) runs in the family. Yeah, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree there. (laughs) Literally. So, she moved from Sicily to Naples to Rome, expanding her black market trade, harboring a soft spot for women trapped in loveless, suffocating relationships. She started selling toxins to help them escape. With the help of her daughter, a group of trusted associates, possibly a priest, Julia launched an underground ring of criminals from her apothecary shop. Ooh, apothecary. I know. We love a good apothecary. It's like practical magic on that. 
Oof. I love that movie. Oh my god, me too. It's like one of my favorites. We have to watch that soon. I know. It's it is spooky like, season basically, so Oh, so good. Maybe you guys we watch need that to next. send us your favorite spooky movies or Halloween movies. Yeah. So it's like Magic. obviously you're watching Hocus Pocus and Practical Magic, maybe The Craft. What else? Ooh, yeah, The Craft, another classic. Oh, I know. Oh, I grew up on that. Probably was too young to honestly be watching it, if I'm being honest. Same, but now I want to so have good. a movie marathon. We got to do that. Okay. I love it. Back to the story. So, to those not in the know, her business was cosmetics. She sold powders and liquids to enhance women's beauty. That front made it easier to disguise her best-selling product, Aquatofana. Aquatofana. It sounds so fancy. It does sound super fancy. Aquatofana, the beauty cream to die for. What a marketing handle. <laughs> the well, but this was on the hush-hush. Yeah. So not like super marketing. True, true, true. But It was like to the people who knew yeah. what it was. I mean, just a good cover, though. Oh, my God, 100. The, the cream to die for. I didn't know where this story was, like, potentially going. Oh, yeah, you had you would have no I'd idea. Like, oh, to die for, because my skin's going to be beautiful. 34? No, I'm going to look 22. Back then, they were probably using it when they were, like, 17. Probably. Because they only yeah. lived to, like, 30. This is true. <laughs> We'd be dead. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, guys, okay. Okay. Aqua Tofana was marketed as a beauty product, a facial cream or oil to heal the skin. It was a coveted face cream used by Italian ladies looking to preserve their youth or procure a status of widowhood. It came in a bottle or powder case often labeled as Mana of St. Nicholas of Bari, a popular healing ointment for blemishes. It was made of a mixture of lead, arsenic, and belladonna. What a combination. Aquatofana contained some of the same ingredients as normal cosmetics of the time, obviously, which helped it to blend in on a woman's nightstand or vanity. Husbands were none the wiser that their wives' beauty regiment was their death warrant. Aquatofana was the ultimate poison for two main reasons. The first is that it was colorless, tasteless, and completely undetectable. This made it easy to use, and even after death, it was undetectable to physicians or in autopsies. Oh, wow. So that's like the real dream for anyone who wants to poison anyone. Yeah, like no trace. Yeah, undetectable. Nobody's gonna know that this was like administered. Another element of Julia's poison that made it so masterfully deceitful is how it killed its victims. The first dose, normally diluted with some kind of liquid, would cause exhaustion and physical weakness. The second dose would bring on stomach aches, vomiting, and dysentery. So just like a real good time all around. And the third or fourth dose, if needed, would take care of the rest. So just kind of finish them off. One, two, three, you're done. Yeah, exactly. The poison and the method of administering it meant that doctors and investigators believed that death had been caused by some unknown illness of disease, which was very common back then. The slow nature of the poisoning meant that victims had a chance to get their affairs in order. This is like a super masterfully conceived plan because at this point, the wives, they were able to exert their influence over what the order looked like and the deaths. So basically, they could get all their affairs in order. It wasn't like they were dead that same day. Yeah, they had time to make sure that they were taken care of after, which was the whole point, right? Exactly. Sometimes the widows may have even requested an autopsy of their late husbands, knowing that nothing would be detected and no one would suspect them. Obviously, poison undetectable, murders free of suspicion, Julia's business. 
just absolutely flourished. Thriving. She is thriving in this market. <laughs> I mean, just yeah. She is slaying this like, business, literally. You know what? All the women are like, "Hapest." Yeah, literally. Okay, so Julia was supposedly really, really careful in who she sold her product to. Aqua Tofana was only sold to women in need and only to those that she personally knew or who are vouched for by someone she knew. So you couldn't just walk into her shop and be like, I want some Aqua Tofana. It would have to be like, I know someone who knows someone, etc. that recommended me. Right. And it's the stuff she comes and gets from the back. Probably. Not, I mean, I, yeah. It's, it's not, not like, out on the selling floor where somebody's like, hey, what's that pretty bottle? Yeah, let me just, I'll take two of these. Yeah, or what's that pill case, you know? Unfortunately, in 1650, a young woman purchased a bottle of Aqua Tofana to kill her husband. She hid it in his soup and served it to him. But as he was about to eat it, she fucking panics, changes her mind, and begs him not to eat the soup. Are you serious? She punked out. I mean, yeah. Too late. You already put the poison in. It's too late. He obviously became suspicious. And apparently he beat her until she confessed to trying to poison him. He alerted the authorities and she was soon arrested. The woman was tortured until she revealed where the poison came from. I mean, unfortunately, she did herself a disservice. I know. She really fucked herself royally. Because she could have, it would have just happened and she could have moved on. Yeah, but she got cold feet. Yeah. And then didn't make out in the deal, you know? That's like when people hire hitmen or whatever to take care of their wives or Mm -hmm. friends or whatever. You got to really think that through. That is like an insane step to take to then take back. Yeah, you can't. And if you've reached that point where you bought the poison yeah and you put it in his soup right you, you kind of have to go through yeah. it at that point well because most i say most people lately because again none of us would probably ever get to this you know yeah this, ever. Is I not hope you this is not normal but if you're getting to the place where you're buying the poison you've thought it through enough that you at least have some inkling in your brain yeah you didn't just wake up and say i'm gonna go to the market oh let me get some poison yeah yeah, this is another case of you don't just walk into a family dollar and decide you want to be a creep that day. Like you, this is your brain, you're probably thinking about it. Exactly. There's definitely some serious so, premeditation there. She thought about it. She bought the poison. She made it to the place where it's in the soup. Now you got to go through it. It's what, too late. Yeah. You made your decisions. It makes me wonder what was she afraid of in that moment? Was it, oh, I love him? Or is it just fear of I don't want to be a murderer. She probably just felt guilty already, even though he hadn't even drank soup yet. Yeah. Because she knew what was going to happen. So this whole thing gets found out. She reveals where the poison came from. Julia Tofana. Due to her network, Julia heard about the arrest warrant before the police could come get her. She ran to a nearby church and took sanctuary. Soon after, however, rumors spread that she had poisoned the water supply and authorities stormed the church, apprehending her. So, under torture, apparently Julia confessed to the amount of poison she had sold and estimated that she was responsible for killing at least 600 men from 1633 to 1651. Holy shit. 600. That's insane. Also, because I'm like, how big were these bottles? Yeah. How many kills could you get from one bottle? Wow. Yeah. This just dawned on me. Yeah. Was it a single serve situation? Yeah, single dose. 
one dose. I guess because he had to give it to them multiple times. So I would assume it's just like one bottle per death. Yeah. Because that would be a weird thing to be like, well, I got this next, I got the last half of the bottle for somebody yeah. else. You know? <laughs> it's like, let me save this for later in case I yeah, need Yeah, I would assume it's like you have what you need to do the job and that's it. Also, like, I wonder how much he sold it for. Ooh, I feel like that's a deep dive. We got to look I into. couldn't, like, I couldn't find it. No. But- I'm going to have to keep looking because 1633, how much could a woman that didn't work potentially pay? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, this is way beyond the information that I was able to find. We're trying to run the statistics and all the money. It's just, I wanted to know in today's money how much they would have paid for Aquatofana. Yeah. Yeah, we got to find out. All right. If anyone out there knows how much Aquatofana costs, please write us. Yeah. Let us know. Maybe it was like a barter situation. Mm. Anyway, so Julia Tafana's fate is a little bit of a mystery as there are several competing stories to what actually happened to her. The most likely scenario is that Julia was executed along with her daughter and several of her associates in Camp the Fury in Rome in 1651. Reportedly, dozens of lower class women charged with murdering their husbands with Aqua Tafana were also executed at this time. The whole feminist movement just got Yeah, they all got hung or whatever happened back in 1633. They say that some of the upper class women accused were either imprisoned or banished, and some avoided punishment by just just acting dumb. Like they were literally like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Or money, maybe. Oh yeah, I mean I guess they could have paid off certain authorities and stuff. What's new? Yeah, I was going to say. The rich can get away with many different things. Other sources say that Julia died of natural causes in 1651 and was never actually arrested. Some say that she was executed as late as 1730. Now, that's probably highly unlikely, being that she was born in 1620 and she would have been over 100 years old. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, 100%. They did not live to 100 in 1633 right people nowadays if barely you, if you yeah. get to 100 you're like really really lucky but yeah i didn't do the math when you said that yeah that's highly unlikely interestingly one theory claims that julia was executed in 1651 but her daughter girolama continued to run the business until her own execution by hanging in 1651 mm-hmm. so whether her daughter survived or one of her many associates took up the torch. Supposedly, the recipe for aqua tofana carried on and may have been produced in a much smaller scale after Julia's death. Oh, wow. Her daughter carried on the business, potentially. Did she change the, like, packaging situation? So it's like, this is just makeup, you know? Well, yeah, because I would assume they would have had to almost, like, rebrand it because yeah. now that the authorities knew what aqua tofana was, right. they would be on the lookout for it. Julia did confess to providing poison to kill over 600 men. She did this under torture. So we don't really know if that's specifically true. It could have been less. It could have been more. There's really no way to know. But aside from perhaps killing her own husband, she did not personally poison those 600 men. She just really only gave people the means to do it. Yeah, that is absolutely true. So, yeah, she was the dealer in this situation. She was the dealer, She's and the she didn't force anybody to use it. I mean, I guess there's really a market for it, because if over 600 women... That's a lot. I, I was definitely not expecting you to say 600. Like, 100 women have gotten it, or even 80 or something. I don't know. 
But 600 is quite a large number. It's insane. So the legacy of the poison Aquatofana lives on. Really, we'll never know for certain how many men were killed. But in the centuries following her life and death, Aquatofana became synonymous for a discreet, slow-acting poison. Interestingly enough, as Mozart was on his deathbed, dying of a mysterious illness, his dying words were, allegedly I will say, (laughs) I am sure that I have been poisoned. I cannot rid myself of the idea. Someone has given me Aquatofana and calculated the precise time of my death. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either, and I did find it on several sources, but I just thought that was super interesting. Was it from his wife? Gosh, so many things I'm going to have to like... <laughs> I don't know. You know, in the middle of the I night. I did not do a deep start, dive on like, Mozart. Sorry. <laughs> Googling Mozart. But yeah, that's my story for this week. Oh, I like this one. Let me give you a couple sources before I forget. So I got a lot of this from a sci-fi article by Jessica Toomer, a vocal media article by Jen Muzon, a all that's interesting.com article by H. McKennett, ancientorigins.net article by B.B. Wagner, a novel suspects article by L. Hardy, a mike-history.com article by M. Dash. And that's it. That's my weird, spooky-ish story for yeah. this week. We're starting I, off light and yeah. we'll probably build upon that. Yeah. I like the apothecary element. Like, it definitely gives you, like you said, that, like, practical magic, kind of witchy vibes. Like, she's doing the the little potion passing around in yeah, the community. Yeah, she's truly had a potion to kill men. Yeah. Ooh, the men That's killing wild. potion. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, this one was a really interesting one. I liked um, your different angle and... I'm excited for this little spooky segment. I can't believe we're just moving through the episodes. Episode 7. Before we know it, we're not even going to be able to know what number we're on. I know. I'm excited. I think this spooky season is going to be a good one. Send us recommendations if you guys have haunted or spooky or any weird stories that are your favorite. What is the creepiest thing that's happened in your town, too? I always feel like small towns have like sometimes these like weird local urban legends or like maybe it's like the weird dude at i don't know the house across the park yeah or like haunted places yeah i always love to hear those so feel free to email us anytime at dreams and screams pod at gmail.com or you can even dm us at Dreams and Screams Pod on Instagram. We really appreciate everyone um, and all your support so far. Yes, thank you for being here with us. This is a labor of love. We're just doing this for fun. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap for today, I guess. See you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.